the stress of success can have a devastating impact on your work-life balance. And if this is happening to you, you're not alone. Depression, anxiety, and self-destructive behaviors such as emotional eating, alcohol or drug abuse, and compulsive shopping can get the better of you. You're not alone. It's not uncommon. But if you're looking to keep the success and have the gain with less pain, my next guest, Lisa Lieberman-Wang, can help you. She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini MBA and school of hard knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Lisa Lieberman Wang is a relationship expert, author, and speaker who guides people to better emotional health by breaking through the barriers that weigh them down so they can live an authentic life that's happy, healthy, and free in areas that matter most your health, your relationships, and your finances. She's the author of the number one internationally best selling book. Fine to Fab, and creator of the cutting-edge neuroscience, Neuroassociative Programming, NAP. She created NAP for you to be able to heal in a short period of time, avoiding years of therapy with a proven model to break through whatever is weighing you down. Lisa has been featured as an expert guest and seen by millions on all the major stations, CBS, Fox, ABC, NBC, as well as spoken on some of the most prestigious stages, including at Harvard and at the Navy. As a professional speaker and entrepreneur, she's trained over 120,000 entrepreneurs in the last 20 years alone on wellness, leadership, and relationships so they can grow themselves, their business, and their mind. What a treat to have her here with us today. Welcome to Business Confidential, Lisa. Thank you, Hannah. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, it seems that people are working harder than ever before, but they're not necessarily happier or more successful. Why do you think that is? Well, I believe we've lost our focus. A lot of times we're looking for the silver bullet and we think it's right in front of us or it's all about the money or the achievement and the status and we forgot about the most important success and that comes from really learning to fly. And for me, the fly is first loving yourself. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that that sounds easier said than done because we all have these little voices in our heads that are, well, yeah, you should, you should, this and that. You know, you're really going to wear that. I mean, there's all these things that that this negative self-talk that we all do to some degree and some more than others. So how do you train your brain to be more positive? Well, I think the first thing is we have to stop shooting all over ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) So when we get past that, and we realize what our real priorities are and what the mission is and what you're moving towards, it makes it easier. I believe the reason why most of the people have the challenges in their career, in business, or anything else is they have a tendency to make everything bigger than it is that's not important and the things that are important smaller than it is. So our priorities get shifted. The way we put our attention gets 
shifted, the energy we put towards things changes, and before we know it, we're in a position of being extremely stressed, overwhelmed, um, expectations aren't met, and there's, I always use the expression, when expectations don't meet reality, we have conflict, and when we have conflict, we have stress, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure there are people out there listening right now and say, yeah, I, I hear you, but what can I do about it? I mean, it is what it is. I have all these responsibilities, all these obligations. I don't want to let anyone down. And they keep fighting with themselves because they know they need to be doing more and more. And there's not enough time. There's not enough money. There's not enough hours in the day. There's not enough of them to go around. So how do you start to strike that work-life balance? It's an interesting question. When we talk about work-life balance, it depends on someone's barometer. Like, what is, what is that? I mean, I don't think there's any such thing as a balance today. And most people are working a full-time job 80 hours a week. You know, it's no longer the 40 hours that we're used to. And if you're an entrepreneur, there's no 80. There's probably 100 hour a week, right? It just changes everything. The first thing is that a lot of times people's stresses come from doing things they're not good at. And learning to delegate is really important when we try to wear too many different hats. I'm, I'm experienced in that role. I've owned several businesses, but I've learned from the hard way that I need to learn to delegate. If there's something I don't do well, I no longer do it. I do what I do extremely well, and I find other people to do the other things so I don't create more stress in my life. I believe most people's stress comes from trying to be everything to everyone. And at the end of the day, trying to be everything to everyone will never please everyone. We'll, fall, we'll end up falling short, and in the very end, we don't please ourselves. When we don't please ourselves, Hannah, that's where the self-sabotage comes in because we think, well, we're not enough. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't get this done. We could have done this. We're shitting all over ourselves again. And before you know it, it turns into procrastination. You're like, well, how would that be? Well, because if you don't think you're going to do a good job, people start just doing nothing or they find all the busy work to do to take care of but not the productive things that are actually net them a return. All of a sudden, food becomes a better answer and stress eating becomes part of the behavior or hiding out becomes part of the behavior or indulgences that, you know, let's go shop and buy everything that's going to make me feel better. So it ends up showing up in other areas of our life where we least expect it and it kind of creeps in. You're not really an obvious thing before it becomes obsessive or compulsive. Now, you wrote the book Fine to Fab, Seven Secrets of a Successful Woman's Journey Away from Depression, Disordered Eating, and Self-Sabotage. I'm curious, what inspired you to write that book? Uh, my own story. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was very successful in corporate America. I worked for companies like IBM and MCI. I was in corporate sales, and I remember the world of what have you done for me lately, and no matter how successful I was, there was always another pivotal point of a, of a revenue to meet and deadline to hit. And I found that I was doing everything I could to be perfect and to no, no avail that the point is when I couldn't deal with the stress any longer on the outside, everybody thought I was doing amazing. I was a superstar. I was the top 1% in the country. Privately, I'd go home thinking it was never enough and would find myself eating over everything. I was... I was a compulsive overeater, binge eater. I became bulimic. I was consuming in excess of 18,000 calories a day, um, all but very petite, and you wouldn't know it because I was getting rid of it. Um, and it became insidious. I ended up with high blood pressure, I, um, chemical imbalance, depression. I was up to 13 prescriptions a day by the time I was 30 years old, and I still had high blood pressure on prescriptions. 
I was still stressed. I was still hurting myself. I was still achieving, but I'd eventually burn out, and I'd end up in the hospital every year. And I said, there had to be a better way to have a vacation. It didn't need to be in a hospital. Oh, my gosh. Certainly not in a hospital. That's, that's not the beach with the umbrella drink in your hand. Not that's, the model I wanted, yes. <laughs> right, right. That jello doesn't cut it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but doesn't cut it for me. Oh, my right. goodness. That, that is an amazing story. And I, I give you a lot of credit for having the courage to put it between a book cover. Well, and it was more than that. What ended up happening is I spent years dealing with shame, blame, and therapy, thinking there was something wrong with me, trying to be perfect, trying to go for something that didn't exist. And today I strive for imperfect action. And I realized that a lot of the challenges I had with disease or dis-ease with myself came from the expectations that were put on me as a young child of who I had to be and what was successful, what that looked like, and how to achieve it. And I think that's the thing of a lot of type A personalities. And in looking for the answers, I found that I found different vehicles to, you know, step to kind of pacify my feelings of inadequacy, but they actually took over. The, the challenge with a lot of people is that dis-ease is usually done in secret, except if someone's a compulsive overeater and they're getting heavier, heavier, heavier. It's hard to keep the secret if they're eating and they're obese. The challenge is, though, that they're going to be causing so many other challenges. They're now at risk for heart disease, high blood pressure, strokes, and other challenges that come along with that, including death. The piece that became so imperative to me is that even with what I was doing, um, my my background, Hannah, happened to have been from emotional abuse growing up, um, physical abuse when I got to the dating ages and, and was had some challenges there. And the secrets always kill the people carrying them. Well, I was an overachiever trying to mask all the things that I didn't like about me. And the problem was is it wasn't working. And I had sought traditional therapy, and that wasn't working. And I realized that I was what I thought was unique, I found out I wasn't. I was actually a statistic with millions of other people out there doing the same thing, keeping a secret, and not realizing that there's an answer, and there were easier ways to get help that didn't include years of shame, blame, and therapy, that, you know, we don't have to be hurting ourselves because we don't feel like we're measuring up to what we think we're supposed to be doing, and that people need to know how, and unfortunately, they think it's going to take them years to get rid of the problems, and the truth is that we can get rid of it in minutes or hours or days. It doesn't have to take a year to change the way we think. So that's part of why the neuroassociative programming came about. Neuro is about your brain, associative, how we associate situations to our life and how we put it into different categories, and programming, how we programmed ourselves to believe certain things. Well, if we can program computers to do what people do, doesn't it make sense that we can program people to do what other successful people are doing, right? Right. So that's where this whole premise came about of, of helping people have better vehicles to give themselves more opportunities to be even more successful without the stress, without the, the debilitating things that come with it that cause them to hurt themselves and sabotage their true, their true happiness. That's fascinating. Now, do you think that women hold themselves back more frequently subconsciously than men do? 
you know, statistically we hear more about women because every woman, you know, is on a diet. Every woman is feeling like they're competing on a glass ceiling. I say every in a generalization, but we hear it a lot more. You'd be really surprised at how many men are too. And I remember when I wrote the book, originally I was I was focusing towards women. My passion is helping women as being one, and, and I, I feel like a lot of us don't get the help we need. And it was interesting to see, Hannah, that I actually had – more men reading my book than women and men reaching out to me asking me for help. That's amazing. So find a fab. Seven Secrets of a Successful Woman's Journey Away from Depression, Disorder Eating, and Self-Sabotage for Women and for Men. And we're going to have a link on the show page for your episode at businessconfidentialradio.com. So I encourage people to check out your book. Definitely. Now, tell me, what does the positive psychology really mean on a practical level? Well, positive psychology on a practical level is the fact that your unconscious mind doesn't know the difference from what's good or bad. So if you say something to yourself frequently enough, its job is to do it easier and faster. So if you want to feel a certain way, it's going to actually help you get there easier and faster. So if you are saying positive things and you're moving towards positive, you'll feel more positive all the time. But if you're saying to yourself negative things like I'm stupid, I always make mistakes, I, I just can't do this, I'm not enough, your unconscious mind thinks that's true because it doesn't know the difference from fact or fiction. It will actually give you instances to make it true and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So we want to be turning out more positive affirmations, positive direction in everything we do. Positive psychology is really imperative in creating happiness in our lives. So is this like the law of attraction that we hear about sometimes? You know, the law of attraction, I love it. I have so many people turn around to me and they say, yeah, I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be rich, and they watch the video and they do all the other stuff, and, but they don't do what's part of it. The law of attraction is a lot bigger than that. It's not just the idea of attracting. It has to do with the actions that follow. So it's a lot more than just I'm, I'm willing it, but you have to take the actions to follow through, Then I'll give you yes. <laughs> yeah, action. My gosh. Yeah, get off the couch and do something. Yeah, it's so like, now, like I, I, want, I want to be rich, but I don't want to go out and do anything. That's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not going to happen. No, not unless you win the lottery, right? <laughs> All right. Now, of the seven secrets that you talk about in your book, which one do you think is the most life-changing? If somebody only had time to do one of them, what would it be? Oh, that's an interesting question. Hmm. If somebody only had one, had time to do one, you know what, I'd actually say stop waiting for perfection, because here's what happens. The, the procrastination, the, the self-deprivation, the, the things that people do to really wreak, you know, wreak havoc on their life, it's all about, I'm not, you know, not going to do it if I can't do it perfectly, so I don't do it at all. And the idea of if, I, if it's, you do it and it's not perfect, you beat yourself up. So the stop waiting for perfection and taking imperfect action would be a great thing for anyone to learn because that really would help you practice more forgiveness, give yourself grace, um, learn to love yourself and accept your imperfections as being perfect. Uh, but the seven are so important and any one of them can change your life. And each one of them is about really breaking into our unconscious thinking, which is not something that we know how to do in a normal basis. Um, and realize that those are the those are the things that are guiding you. 
And until we realize that we've been programmed, and we were programmed by the time we're five years old by well-meaning parents and guardians that told you what was right or wrong, you agreed with what they told you. 55% of your beliefs were formed by the time you're five. You're only responsible for 45. Unless we start practicing new models, we're living old programs, and some of them were your parent telling you what was right or wrong, which you thought was perfect. And that's why I'm saying stop waiting for perfection would be if you only wanted one. But I think all of them are imperative. <laughs> well, that's really interesting because it seems to tie in that maybe there's a certain fear factor at work too because of this programming by the time we were five years old. There's the fear of disappointing someone. Absolutely. You know, I believe fear is false evidence appearing real what people have heard, but I think it's based everything and rise above it, and people have the wrong definition of fear. But the fear of approval, realize that every human being's underlying desire is to be loved, and if we're not loved, we think we're not enough. So the fear of not being accepted or connected is a huge piece, whether you go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs of self-actualization and coming down to our basic needs, the second level is, is, is all about that connection. So yes, it, it has to do a lot with that of being accepted. That's powerful. That's very powerful. Now, you've also created some programs around your book, haven't you? Absolutely. I run 10-week transformational programs to help people break through the barriers that are weighing them down, understanding the, the beliefs and structures and values that have been set in place and the rules that they're running. Because... Just like a computer, you have an operating system that you've been working with for years, and if we were working on DOS today, none of us would be online on the Internet as an operating system. We had to all upgrade to Windows or Macs, right? Well, it's the same idea with who we are. We need to upgrade our operating system. We need to put in new software, new programs. But guess the best part is you get to decide which ones you want to run. But if you don't know you're doing it, you can't change it. So in the 10-week program, we really address acknowledging the fear and doubt, taking inventories, life lessons and beliefs, breaking through toxic meanings and emotions, breaking the trance, uncovering unconscious patterns and behaviors, and of course, stop waiting for perfection. And my favorite in the sense of what has to happen for a lifelong change is making peace, practicing gratitude and learning to celebrate. We all need to celebrate. And not enough people in the office celebrate. And I think that's a, a big leadership gap for management and especially senior management in order to recognize that. That could go such a long way for more employee engagement, more satisfaction in the workplace. Well, but I think in it's... The work, in the, I'm sorry, but in the workplace, what also happens is that the ideal situation is to really praise people for what they do right, but the old model has been to show people what they do wrong. And if we share, if we kind of highlight and shine a light on what they're doing right, we'll get more of that. Instead, we're putting a light on what's wrong, and we get more of that. Absolutely. And because that is the only feedback employees sometimes get, they don't even want to have a conversation because it's never a good one. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have their own trepidations as soon as the manager or or somebody comes over to them, it's like, what did I do wrong instead of what did I do right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. Lisa, what have been some of the most life-changing things for you in your career? Do you have an influencer, a mentor, a book, a thought leader, or some kind of resource that was one of those aha moments for you that made you maybe change your operating system or certainly reboot it again to think a little bit differently about your life or your career? 
absolutely. I have many mentors, but one of my favorite mentors who has absolutely been a very integral part of my life and still is today, 22 years later, happens to be Tony Robbins. And it was after years and years of therapy, 13 years, of looking for the answer to what's wrong with me to find out the answer was there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> I just have been I'm running on the wrong operating system. Uh, I was fortunate enough to not only go to an event for Tony Robbins, but to meet him personally and be mentored by him personally and become a platinum partner and a senior leader for him. So I've been volunteering my time for him for 22 years. And he has, without a doubt, been a huge influence in my life. That's fabulous. I know we're starting to wind down here with our time. Do, Do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? Well, I think the most important thing is that you know, remembering to fly is always the most important thing at the end of the day is first loving yourself. When you're in business, you're working with associates, you're expanding your your empires wherever you're at in your career. You know, it's always about what's out there beside ourselves. Know that we have to first take care of ourselves so we can show up at our personal best. And most people make the mistake of I'll take care of myself after I do this. I'll eat right when this happens. I'll exercise when this happens. And when I make this much money, then I'll have arrived. You know, the difference is the act as if and then become is a truism. We have to put on our best every day, show up at your best um, attitude, mind, body, spirit, in the sense of, you know, what are you saying to yourself? You know, one of the reasons why most people have stress is because they're not saying nice things to themselves. And if you start saying nice things to yourself, it changes. I always tell my clients every day, you know, in every way it's getting better and better, and start your day with 50 positive affirmations, with full energy, with enthusiasm and excitement, looking in the mirror and telling themselves how amazing they are to the point where I'm saying, I'm fabulous, I'm awesome, I'm beautiful, I'm kind, I'm loving, I'm courageous, I'm amazing, and having fun with it because the, the brain is so powerful, it takes 20 positive statements to counteract even one negative. And if we keep telling ourselves positive things, positive things will happen. And I know it can sound like fluffy and people won't believe it, but I'm, I'm a standing testament to it, and so are millions of other people that follow these principles. So that's my parting thing. You know, go out every day, say nice things to yourself, and remember to fly. Wonderful, wonderful. And I think the underlying thought behind your parting thoughts is don't give up. Keep on keeping on and looking at the bright side instead of the glass being half empty, that it's full and getting fuller every day. Absolutely. Well, Lisa, this has been very interesting, very helpful, and I'm sure our listeners are going to be grateful for the insights that you've presented. I'm grateful for your time and your willingness to share information about your journey. It's really been remarkable, and we can all be more inspired and then happier in what we do. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I and I would like to share that I have 22 years of abstinence from hurting myself and been fortunate to help so many other people. And if any of your listeners want to get a free webinar I had done on 7secretsfab.com, it's an awesome, awesome, great introduction to changing where you are now and overcoming self-sabotage immediately. Excellent. Thank you for that. That's another link we're going to be adding to your episode page, to the show notes. So businessconfidentialradio.com is the place to go. I'll be in one spot for you. Thanks so much, Lisa. Thanks, Hannah. Giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. 
Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website again is businessconfidentialradio.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests, those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you, too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential Now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media, too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then.